Welcome to Tusker Talk, a podcast from Somers Schools. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. In this episode, we're talking about professional learning in the district through active classroom research. We're sitting down with teachers Anna Timon, Tara Kearns, Don Stanzik, Kirsten Reynolds, and Jenna Scatino, as well as school administrators and the facilitators of this research, Director of Innovations in Learning Kevin Guidotti, and Assistant Principal at Somers Intermediate School Liz Turner. So Liz, let's start with you. Can you explain a little bit what this research is all about? Of course. And- I'll first start by saying that it's really been wonderful to work with this first cohort of teachers as part of our Somers Teachers Action Research Project. Um, and what action research really is, it's, um, it's, a, it's an investigation, and it starts with the formation of a research question. Um, and for our teachers here that have been part of this process, that, those questions that they've researched have really been based from things that um, they feel passionate about, that they have been intrigued by in their practice, and there have also been great connections to some of our district initiatives as well. So after the formations of the research questions, the next step is to review theories that are out there from the field related to the topic. Um, and all of our teachers here have looked at what the field says and what research says Um, are the recommendations for best practice on whatever topic it is that they are researching. And then those theories drive the investigation. Um, It helps the teachers or whoever the researcher is to plan how they're going to go about planning their cycles of research. Um, They may form questionnaires. They may create surveys. um, They may have focus groups. And... um, and they may um, involve adults as well as children if it's in an educational forum. And then from there, through those cycles, the researcher collects data. Um, The data is then reviewed at the end of a cycle. Um, a, A researcher is able to pick up on patterns or themes that come up, if there were things that went really well in that cycle, or maybe there's things that they want to go back and think about further. This information then helps to inform the cycles that come after. Upon completing the cycles, the researcher then takes all of the data collected, once again pulls patterns, themes, things that really resonate. And then the researcher um, can take this information and discuss implications. For for our team here, it's for classroom practice. Um, And can also make recommendations. And once again, for our teachers here, um, it's going to be great for them to share these implications with their colleagues and the good recommendations that will inform practices as we move forward. Kevin, do you want to talk a little bit about how this fits in with other professional learning in the district? Sure. It's, I think it's important that you use the phrase professional learning as well. This is the first of quite a few uh, learning experiences that we're looking to offer teachers that are exactly that, professional learning. The, the old term that we used to use is called professional development. And this course's structure is really indicative of a, a shift in the district um, to align our teacher learning practices to those that we know engage students as well. So you'll hear from our teachers in a few minutes and talking about the, the way in which they engage students in classrooms. That's a big focus in the district. And when we sat down to think about what experiences we provide for teachers that engage them, we think about the, the tenets of engagement, uh, relevance to, to daily work, 
uh, learning in context. You heard Liz talk about um, teachers exploring questions of practice that are they have a personal passion for, they're intrigued for, uh, intrigued about rather, um, and, and they they by by focusing on those things that the teachers really find the the a learning experience that that helps them improve their practice in a very efficient way. Um, the, the teachers that are in this group, I can echo Liz's sentiments of, of being very proud of the work uh, that our teachers have done. They've really embodied the tenets of uh, the, the learner. We talk a lot in Somers about teachers as learners, and we are all, as members of the faculty, staff, or our student body, we're all learners. And, and uh, this process really provided a structure for our teachers to learn alongside with their students um, while also focusing on one of the other district initiatives, which is using data to drive the decision-making process, which is something that's quite apparent uh, when you look at the work that the teachers here have produced. Um, so really, as facilitators, um, Liz and, and my role here was really to provide a framework, a structure, um, and some consistency for, for teachers to go and explore their passions. And that you'll see a lot more of that in the future as we, as we move, uh, move the district forward. All right, so let's hear from some of the teachers about the research they've been doing. Anna, why don't you start? Hi, I'm Anna Timone, and I'm the French teacher at Somers High School. Uh, I've been teaching there for 14 years, and I was interested to start an action research project because uh, our department has changed its goals in the past few years. Uh, so there have really been two things that started this. And one is that we were working with a world language con uh, teacher consultant, um, and he got us thinking about what our students' goals are when they are done with whatever their program of study is in high school. And we, the more we talked to our students, the more we realized they really want to be able to communicate. So if they travel to France, if they travel to Spain, anywhere that they might need to communicate in these languages, they want to be able to speak to people on the street and get stuff done and feel good and confident about that. And right now they were confident in doing textbook exercises or, or at that point they were confident in doing textbook exercises or perhaps writing an essay. And I found that to be a strength of my students, their writing. Uh, oral proficiency was not their strength. So that was one that was one thought I had. And then our school has recently um, begun the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program. So some students are taking IB French, which is a new curriculum, and uh, they they have different goals in that program as well, one of being oral and listening proficiency uh, at a different level with different goals than the AP program that I used to teach. So going through this, I did a review of literature and looked at uh, articles and professional um, and, and looked at educational publications to get an idea of what some discussion protocols might be that would help my students improve their proficiency. My research question <clears throat> was how does the use of discussion protocols impact listening and speaking proficiency? Uh, and I wound up designing some, uh, some activities that would let the students not only improve their oral proficiency, oral and listening proficiency, but also would help them become more confident because even if their skills were not improving, if their confidence improved, they would be better speakers. 
Uh, so ultimately, every time I did an, activ- uh, an activity to practice oral proficiency on some level, I not only recorded um, the data as to their progression and how they were scoring, but I had them fill out a survey afterwards um, about how they felt. Did they feel stressed out? Um, did they perceive improvement? And what I found was that their skills were progressing and they were making improvement. And it was little by little, um, as kind of expected after all the research I did and all the work I did um, putting this together, but it was a huge improvement in their confidence and their stress. Uh, and so I'm going to keep it up, and it, it's going to change my students' experiences in my class in that I believe they will leave the French program at Somers High School actually being proficient in communication, being able to travel to France, to Canada, or wherever, and, and being successful and communicating their needs or uh, being successful in any conversation where they might have to communicate with a native speaker. I'm Tara Kearns. I teach social studies at Somers High School. And this past year was uh, my first year teaching a new program at the high school, uh, which is a humanities course that we began in the ninth grade year. Um, so that course was co-taught by that course was co-taught by me and um, my colleague and English teacher Catherine Delandry. And um, within the context of this new experience, uh, which is a blended learning experience in which students would be um, essentially getting credit for their social studies uh, global ninth grade year and their English ninth grade year together, um, we piloted a new program, uh, which is an embedded honors model. Um, So in other words, students could get honors credit um, if they accomplished some basic requirements in the in the course um so within that new context we obviously were trying out a lot of different uh new different things um one of them being the implementation of tiered assessments and so my co-teacher and i um developed tiered unit assessments for each of the units uh that we would be teaching throughout the year and um i was really curious to see how having choices in their final unit assessments would impact students' engagement with, uh, with the coursework. Um, so what I did was uh, after each of the unit assessments, I gave students a survey in which they uh, reported uh, which option they chose. Um, and for each of the assessments, they would have uh, an option one, which would be a lower level option um, that was kind of directed toward a standard uh, regents level um, assignment and then there would be other options option two three etc that would be um, that would earn them honors credit if they completed them and so um, I had students share which option they chose and why um, and they also rated uh, how they felt uh, while they were working on their assessments um, how interested they were in the topics um, how important they perceived the work to be, and how capable they felt um, during during their work. Um, then from those survey results, I also uh, had the students participate in some follow-up discussion groups um, and continue to collect data both formally and informally throughout the school year. Um, so uh, I did find that there was a positive impact on students 
engagement with, uh, with the course um, because of these tiered assessments. Through the surveys and the focus group discussions, um, I found that uh, many students uh, reported uh, feeling positively about this uh, new model of being assessed. Um, they shared certain feelings, um, such as being able, uh, feeling that they were able to be more creative um, because they were able to choose their, um, their assessment option, um, feeling that they felt more motivated because they were able to choose their assessment, um, and feeling like it was a positive thing that they were able to pick assessments that fit their style. Um, many students did report that they found it to be challenging to kind of have a tie both of the subjects, English social studies, together. Um, but while they found it to be maybe more challenging, they also found it to be less stressful because of the model of being able to choose when they wanted to complete honors level assignments and uh, when they did not. Um, so over the course of the year, um, all of our students, except for one student, um, completed um, an assignment at least at the honors level um, and 32 out of 35 of our students will be earning honors credit for the class. My name is Dawn Stanzik. I'm a sixth grade ELA teacher. Um, I teach reading and writing at the middle school. I've been teaching here for 15 years and over the last 15 years there have been many changes in philosophy and um, practice as far as teaching ELA or reading and writing. Um, and we currently use the workshop model for reading and writing. And um, we're really excited at the middle school because we are bringing in the middle years program, which is the middle um, school um, version of the International Baccalaureate program. And as our school is making this transition, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to reflect on my practice and to think about how to best use my time because time is always a teacher's biggest enemy. And um, I took this as an opportunity as we're working to merge um, two periods of reading and writing instruction into one because we're bringing world language into sixth grade, which we're really excited about, how to keep the rigor and integrity of my class with less time. So I wanted to see um, how I could really merge some of the reading and writing practices that I had kind of been doing in separate classes together. And one thing I really wanted to take a closer look at was how to get my students to think more deeply about text. And after researching it, um, it was very clear that writing about what you're reading is really critical. Um, I think we've always placed such a big emphasis on how if you are a strong reader, it's going to help you become a better writer. But I think we failed to um, understand that there's just as much of an importance on being a writer and helping you become a stronger reader. Um, so that's a real big takeaway that I got from this work that I did. So throughout the cycle, I had my students um, keep reading response notebooks. And they were given a lot of choice. And we've also learned, I think, a lot of us have learned through our research that choice is just hugely important in keeping students engaged. Um, students have um, had choice in what they were responding to and writing about. And then we also carved out time in our classroom to have students talk about um, the reading and the writing that they did, engage in good conversation and, and talk using protocols to help guide those discussions. 
Um, it definitely had a positive impact on both my practice and um, my students as well. So I was really looking to figure out what could I do with my students that offers them structure and choice, holds them accountable, pushes their thinking, and allows them to engage in talk, but doesn't take away from the joy of reading. Um, and I think that reading responses um, really kind of capture that work that I was looking to achieve. Um, so I think students overall learn that it's important to spend time reading, and I think when a school um, spends time doing something, it shows kids that it's important, and we always have valued giving kids time to read. But I think we now also need to make sure that we show them how important it is to have the time to think and write and talk about the text that they're reading. Um, I've also incorporated in my research um, project having kids do more reflecting, um, which is a big um, piece or component of the middle years program. So kids like to have their voices heard. And I think that through reflecting on the work that, that we did together, um, I see how positive um, the experience was for them. An overwhelming majority of them enjoyed having the choice, felt that they were able to think more deeply doing this writing to go along with their reading, felt that it was more comfortable and, and easier for them to talk about it with their peers, um, and preferred this over some more traditional types of reading assessments. Um, so I think overall, we have to, as a district, um, value time for reading, but also time for, for writing and thinking and engaging in conversation about text. Hi, um, I'm Kirsten Reynolds. I teach 7th and 8th grade English in the middle school. And um, I did a study looking at formative assessment. And formative assessment is really the, the type of the work that we do with kids in our classes on almost a day-to-day -day basis, just checking in with them on how they're doing with whatever skills we're trying to impart. Um, but I wanted to, I had taken another PLC class um, in the previous year and learned about how formative assessment has an, an um, impact on student outcomes. And it has an actually what's called an effect size, which means that it, um, it, it, it's measurable what, what, what the kids take away from formative assessment and having that experience with teachers. So it, it can be measured. So I was very interested in the idea of measuring an impact on this practice. Um, and so my question was, how does formative assessment impact student outcomes as well as engagement, which is another big initiative that the district has taken on. How do we get kids engaged in our classrooms um, and actively participating and wanting to be there? Um, so formative assessment, you know, in looking at my study of of this practice, all of the research points to this idea that it does really help kids um, take ownership in their in in what they're doing, as well as feel like they can be successful. And um, that was one of the biggest one one of the reasons why I'm really interested in it is it because I feel like through practice and through me constantly giving them feedback, they almost always know that they are going to meet or exceed the given expectation. So one of the things that I was looking at in my surveys of them um, was really, did they have that sense? Did they have that sense of themselves that they do meet the expectation in my class or that they can? And um, through these survey results, and, and I kind of had a sense given the type of uh, grades that they get, that they do feel that they can meet the expectation. Um, or exceed it, and they know what to do if they don't meet the expectation. Um, and that's all linked to this idea that you can take an assignment, 
um, turn it in, maybe if you haven't met the skill that's necessary in that particular assignment that you re that you know meet with me or you meet with a peer um, or you reflect on it by looking at the rubric and the criteria and then you adjust and you change your the assignment and you make it better and then you resubmit it and then um, there's this constant cycle of you know taking your work and trying to make it better um, which seems kind of intuitive in a classroom but Often what we do is we have an assignment, it's done, we grade it, we turn, we give it back and we move on to the next assignment. Um, so this is really like a pushing back on that model and a, and a model of more a circular pattern of learning in the class. Um, and I, th I think the students really feel in my class um, that they can achieve whatever they want because they know I will always let them um, revise what they're doing. And through this study, what I was really looking at is how does my one-on-one -on -one conferring and my written feedback impact their learning and impact their outcome in, in terms of like, do they achieve the skills that I want and do they feel engaged? And my takeaway from those was that, because I, I surveyed them on that and they, they really, 80% of them said they use my written feedback to make their writing better because this was mostly on, on writing assignments. And so it made me realize the importance of my written feedback and how it needs to be pointed and specific um, in order to help them grow and become better writers. Um, and in one-on-one -on -one conferences, what I found interesting was 40% of them reported that they really took advantage of the one-on-one -on -one conference. And I think that has something to do with um, you know, if a kid got something, it's often easier for me to move on. But if they don't, I'm, I'm spending more time with them. So there's less time in class for me to, obviously, with 25 kids, work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so that was one of my big takeaways is, like, how do I get more time with kids one-on-one? -on -one? Because they, they all report on um, benefiting from that. They, they love getting one-on-one -on -one attention um, because they, I can see what they're doing and I can give them exact feedback um, on how to improve, like individualized feedback on how to improve, which is also another uh, kind of initiative that the district is has taken on, like how do we meet the kids' needs individually um, as learners. Um, and so some of my takeaways for my practice through the surveying, through this use of formative assessment were that I need to keep surveying them so that I can find out what they're thinking because it's really helpful to, to get their feedback. And they'll tell you things like, I didn't like this or I like that. And you need to be clear on these expectations. And it's just very helpful to survey the kids about their learning. And I was very upfront with them. And I said, you know, tell me what you want. I'm not going to be insulted. It's a, it's a great um, opportunity for me to get better. And um, so, so surveying them more. Um, design assignments where revision is emphasized so that they could constantly be in that loop of improvement, um, giving them more time for practice. They all also listed practice time as something they wanted. So time to practice the skills, um, which ties into really knowing what skills are important because there's so many standards that we need to address that really picking the right, you know, what standards are most important is super important in then giving them time to practice those skills. Um, Providing one-on-one -on -one conference feedback for more, more regularity, all, that's difficult, but um, that's why it's nice to have some of these moves like co-teaching, um, extra time for kids. We're look, pushing to get extra time for kids built into the schedule um, as we move into the MYP uh, practice and um, giving them written feedback. So written feedback, actionable written feedback that you can, they can immediately get on whatever they're doing and having them take and use is 
is something that I'll take away from this, just using the, doing this practice and this action research. My name is Jenna Scatino, and I teach sixth grade social studies at the middle school, and I'm also one of the curriculum leaders here. My study focused on cognitive engagement in students. I felt this was the right time to embark on this study, as we in the middle school are implementing the middle years program, which is to foster higher level thinking skills and empower students in their personal learning experience. And also, the curriculum leaders have been working with a consultant to measure student engagement over the last two years. And it's been very interesting that most of us think our students are engaged because, for the most part, the students in SOMERS are compliant. They're doing what we ask them to do, but that doesn't mean that they're truly engaged and offering the experience to apply their skills or having a meaningful learning experience. So my study focused on what we can do to increase the engagement level of our students and create a more meaningful learning experience. When students are engaged, the research shows that it will lead to increased performance on assessment and the likelihood that information will be retained for the long term. And there's a shift in education right now. Instead of have, focusing on the product and the grade, we're supposed to be focusing on the experience and the, um, that the process is just in, as important as the product. So what I did is I taught the first two units in a more, I would say, traditional way where it was not as student-centered, and then I gave kids a survey, and then the next unit I implemented the strategies of offering student choice where they worked collaboratively in teams and were able to choose how they wanted to access the information. Then I gave the students another survey and I also worked with the learning coach in the building to and had her come unannounced three times throughout the year to measure the level of student engagement based on what, how we're working with the consultant. And the what I found from the survey was not surprising. But when students have choice and feel that they have student autonomy, their engagement level increased. Interestingly enough, even though the grade is not the most important thing, the learning experience is, the average mean of the assessments increased as their engagement level increased. I think that this has improved my own practice because as I'm designing units, it's made me become more acutely aware of how I'm designing units and making sure that I'm being more thoughtful and purposeful and reflective in the units that I'm developing. Am I offering students the ability to have a choice and a say in what they want to learn? Are they able to collaborate? Is there um, room, Am I giving them the feedback that they need to guide their um, instruction? Is it are there opportunities to promote self-learning and curiosity in students? And I think that that has become lost sometimes as teachers. We think like we have to get through the curriculum, we have to do this, and we're not giving students the opportunity to promote what they want to know in self-knowledge. And at the beginning of my career, it was definitely like we have to have them get this grade and we have to teach our curriculum and they have to, we have to get through this. I think that shift has more then can we apply the skills and the teacher should be facilitating the learning and not the one just like directing the learning and creating those mean meaningful experiences and that's going to increase their um, engagement level. And finally, the variety of assessments, that there's not a one-size-fits-all. I think that aligns with the district's life program as we're incorporating um, you know, like learning inclusively for everybody in the classroom. It, when we offer a variety of uh, assessments, it's very easy for me then to differentiate. 
students can access the information. They pick the resources that, that meet their learning needs. They're picking how they want to um, present the information to me. My goal as a teacher is to, to understand what they know not necessarily has doesn't have to be like this is the only way and there is a delicate balance between preparing students for rigorous assessments that we know that they're going to be exposed to and you know having them apply their skills and giving them that authentic learning experience so to have that balance in the classroom is really important but when students feel like they're going to be successful and they're not being set up for failure their engagement level is going to increase so after i then did another unit which um, had the MYP framework, I gave students another survey. And again, their engagement level went up. And each time the learning coach, Christina Sweeney, came in, um, the coding went higher. And it had evidence of the higher level um, thinking skills and the application of skills that we, want, that we want to see in students. Thanks, everybody, for sharing your work. I just wanted to say publicly thank you for the, the amount of effort and work that you put into these research projects. They're all well designed. Uh, they all have, a, have had a significant impact on the students in your classroom and on your own learning. And I was struck when I was thinking about um, the reference to the Learning Inclusively for Everyone project, which is a big focus in the district. And it, it occurs to me that the teachers on the action research team here really embody learning inclusively for everyone includes our teachers. And I think that it's uh, Im important to reference the fact that ev everyone in this room really took this project uh, and this framework of action research to levels that, that uh, frankly, Liz and I did not expect them to do. And I think that uh, you see fractals of, of the structures that allow that to happen. There's student, student, or in this case, teacher voice and choice in what they're doing. There's agency over their own learning. And they related all of their practices, though they didn't go into detail about um, the research that informs all of the, the work that you heard about today. There is quite a bit of research that's been done that informed all of the decisions that, that, that have been made. And um, from the district perspective, we very much appreciate all the work that, that they've done here. Okay. Thank you all so much. You're welcome. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Tusker Talk. Yeah.